educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. So glad you could join us. Uh, it's 5-11 on Wednesday, August 2nd. And uh, yeah, truth over tribalism. Principles over partisanship. That's what we do here every dang day. Uh, and remember, if you miss anything, uh, if you miss the live version, you can always catch us on demand on your favorite podcast platform, the Google, the Spotify, Apple, whatever your brand is. Uh, or just go to KLAN.com. You can find us there as well. Uh, well, joining us in just a second, Aaron Sandiford, political reporter for the Nebraska Examiner. But first things first, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Hello, I'm here and ready for another Dan Good Time. I, I sensed Johnny when I walked in. You know, my day didn't go that great today either. I got a sense that maybe you didn't either. And uh, But you know what? What are we going to do? We're going to have a Dan Good Time. There you go. Yep. There it is. We're 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 poised to do that. Oh, so, always. Always. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, The Dan Parsons Show. I was having some lively interactions with some folks on on the Twitter page last night. Always appreciate that, the after-hour uh, connections. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, follow us on the Twitter and the Facebook. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, the Lincoln Business Roundtable, uh, featuring uh, our friend Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln. And uh, in the second half of the show, Matt Anderson from Branch Oak Observatory. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, the dark skies and uh, what you can see in the skies if you go out to the um, Branch Oak Observatory. Well, now you turn my day around. You tell me I get to see my friend Matt Anderson again? Yeah, All see, right. there you go, Johnny. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, uh, uh, joining us uh, on the phone line, uh, Mr. Aaron Sandiford, political reporter for Nebraska Examiner. Aaron, how are you, my friend? Not bad, Dan. It sounds like my day's going better than your producer. <laughs> but we're all going to have a Dan good time, so uh, because we're all here on the Dan Parsons show. So uh, there you go. Um, how's uh, boy? You've been cranking stuff out, uh, reading you all the time. By the way, for our listeners, uh, uh, Nebraska uh, NebraskaExaminer dot com. You can read Aaron's work there, and we're going to be talking about his uh, story that he wrote a couple days ago, and uh, about uh, uh, the education committee. A very lively hearing that they had over at the Capitol uh, a couple days ago. But um, so, yeah, how's summer for you, Aaron? <laughs> it was going really well until they made me go back to the building. I was joking <laughs> with Chris Dunker over at the Journal Star about this. I, I wasn't mentally prepared to walk back into a hearing that controversial. Oh, <laughs> man. This is supposed to be the off season. It's kind of like, you know, all the folks that cover football and volleyball and basketball being brought in in the wrong month <laughs> i wasn't ready yeah well you got ready in a hurry uh nice work uh here's here's the headline and i'll i'll read your lead nebraska parent involvement hearing uh, devolves into talk of slavery uh crt porn and bill gates and aaron's uh lead says uh, some social conservatives in nebraska after targeting abortion and lgbtq health care signal an intent Monday to focus the 2024 legislative session and elections on education, including pushback by some parents against what's taught and shared in K-12 schools. So uh, I'll let you yeah. pick it up I from mean, there. 
Essentially, what you're seeing is a lot of the same um, very emotional, base-level, motivational tactics that have been used in states like Virginia, in states like Texas, to uh, excite, motivate uh, conservative parents uh, and purple district parents uh, to show up to vote. And and, uh, they've worked in other states. They they use uh, topics like, you know, LGBTQ issues. They've used topics like... uh, you know the the how pandemic relief funds are being spent they they they've gone you've heard them talk about crt the critical race theory and now the new buzzword is social emotional learning yeah which uh, i think we actually heard uh, kirk penner a member of our state board of education try to make the tie that sel is uh, essentially the gateway by which some people uh, are trying to inject uh CRT into our schools. And most of the experts you talk to in education disagree uh, and say that that's not present until you get to the graduate school level or the college level mm-hmm. or uh, and, and law school level. But uh, it's definitely a moment where <laughs> folks have found an issue that resonates with some parents and they're trying to amplify it. Yeah. Yeah. We're visiting with Aaron Sandiford from the Nebraska Examiner. Um, and and yes, and and just to uh, to uh, point paint the picture for our listeners, Aaron, uh, the legislature's education committee. It's not unusual to have interim hearings, uh, and I don't think it's that unusual to uh, uh, to not invite the public necessarily to testify. Uh, but they got some pushback. They uh, uh, so. Um, Senator Dave Merman, who's the uh, chair of the Education Committee, uh, who was a farmer from Glenville, Nebraska, uh, who took over uh, just last year uh, when the Republicans uh, uh, in the officially nonpartisan uh, legislature, uh, you know, stretched their muscle a little, little bit. And uh, because Lynn Walls, uh, a state senator from Fremont, uh, an educator herself, was chairman uh, for several years of the education committee. So she was ousted uh, by the Republicans and replaced by uh, uh, Senator Merman. And, uh, but they, they stacked the deck as far as who they wanted to hear from uh, in that hearing. Yeah, it was interesting. They, 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 they led with a couple of school board members uh, from Miller public schools. And I believe it was central city who, who gave some pushback. Who, who basically said that Nebraska law already allows parent input. Uh, that's the kind of input that uh, Senator Merman is trying to pursue. He wants to pass a so-called Parents' Bill of Rights, which um, would codify in very specific terms uh, parent access to, you know, everything from, you know, curriculum to uh, daily lessons that give them digital access to that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the school board members argued, including a conservative, I mean, uh, Mike Pate's a well-known conservative out of Miller, argued that, um, that, that that's access already existed. So it's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic. But, but then you heard from folks like uh, the leader of Protect Nebraska Children and some others who gave the other side. Yeah, uh, it was kind of it was kind of unique. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's pick that up uh, after this uh, short break, Aaron. We're visiting with Aaron Sanderford from Nebraska Examiner. Let's take this quick break. We'll be right back on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. 
listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, and welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. We're so glad that uh, you take us along for your ride home. We appreciate that very much. And uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable, uh, featuring Mr. Jeff Mall, Executive Director of Visit Lincoln. And uh, Jeff's bringing along a guest in the second half of the show, uh, Matt Anderson uh, from Branched Oak Observatory. So uh, don't miss that. That'll be fun. Uh, well, we're back with Aaron Sandiford, political reporter with Nebraska Examiner. And, uh, and Aaron covered uh, Aaron's back into the meat of the legislative uh, 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 fights and arguments and yelling. And uh, there was a very lively uh, education interim education committee hearing over at the Capitol uh, a couple days ago that Aaron got to enjoy. And uh, so we're talking about that. And, and Aaron, from your story, uh, uh, Senator Merman, who's the chair of the Education Committee, uh, uh, and several testifiers faced uh, some pushback, as you, re- as you wrote, uh, from State Senator Daniel Conrad of Lincoln, uh, who is a member of the Education Committee. At one point, uh, Senator Conrad asked whether Merman believed that some African Americans benefited from what they learned while enslaved, and some have, as some have characterized, uh, in Florida's uh, new state academic standards. Uh, and by the way, uh, Senator Conrad's going to join me in the second half of the show, so we get to hear from her uh, her viewpoint uh, on that. But that that seemed like that was a pretty uh, uh, contentious uh, moment in the hearing. Yeah, she, she, she is as good as the legislature has at, uh, you know, the Bugs Bunny trick of putting an anvil in a really nice lined glove. Um, she's very good at at making and asking very nice questions and kind of letting you walk right into a trap. Um, it's, it's very lawyerly of her, but, uh, the, the most interesting thing she, that exchange, if you could have heard the gasp in the room, I mean, uh, Merman tried to say, you know, slavery is wrong. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but then he actually said, but you know, hopefully we all benefit one way or another from our background and some of the broad, some of the broadcasters, that were uh, doing stories about it actually captured kind of the reading of the room. And it was just a moment to sit there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, you're going to hear a lot during this campaign season. It's pretty clear about social and emotional learning, uh, but most folks don't even know what it is. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's part of the challenge. And again, from my day job as public relations uh, specialist, um, you know, I, I get, uh, staying on message, but you've got to explain this stuff to folks, and you got to be able to explain it. And by now, uh, if you're going to roll this stuff out, you better be prepared to explain, uh, in very layman's terms, uh, what you're talking about. And 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 folks have been caught in this uh, this dilemma uh, all over the country now uh, of not being able to explain. Uh, some of these, you know, boogeymen that uh, they say is out there and and affecting our children's education. And when challenged on it, they just have a difficult time uh, really justifying why uh, why this uh, why there are problems. And 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 the other thing, and again from a political perspective, uh, we have as uh, you know in a red state of Nebraska, conservative Republican, uh, we've always favored local control. 
And uh, so now we're, you know, some of the very people that have argued, in my view anyway, for uh, more traditional Republican principles of uh, conservative values of local control. Now we're talking about taking some of that away and and giving it to uh, to others. So anyway, I I, I just think uh, <laughs> maybe they need to uh, go back and uh, and look at their talking points. It is interesting. I mean, there was a there was a competing hearing. Uh, or at least a forum held by Senator Terrell McKinney of Omaha, S- Senators Michaela Cavanaugh uh, uh, of Omaha, and Senator Carol Blood of Bellevue, where they heard from people who defended uh, social emotional learning, you know, the concept that, you know, you can learn to deal with your emotions and try and figure your way uh, of, of how you interact with people in, in a successful way. And, and it was just interesting to look at the ways very similarly situated people from different sides of the political aisle looked at the exact same issue. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and uh, further on in your story, uh, we're visiting with uh, Aaron Sandiford from uh, Nebraska Examiner. Uh, by the way, you can read Aaron's work, NebraskaExaminer.com. Um, uh, Kurt Pinner, uh, former Aurora uh, school board member who now serves on the Nebraska Board of Education. And uh, Mr. Pinner has been... Uh, uh, in some controversies himself. And by the way, just uh, as a bit of a sidebar, Renee Jones, uh, uh, our teacher of the year here in Nebraska, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Penner has been critical of uh, our teacher of the year and uh, had quite a spat back and forth with uh, Renee Jones and uh, to the point where she even uh, feared for her family safety, but some of the things that uh, Mr. Penner was accusing her of uh, online. And and I also read online, by by the way, um, just talking about the makeup of that hearing that uh, Renee wanted to attend this hearing and testify as, you know, as her position as teacher of the year. I mean, that's what she's doing. She's going around the state and around the country and uh, advocating for teachers. And uh, and again, she was denied that opportunity. But uh, Pinner goes on, uh, as you write, to, to talk about uh, uh, social issues like uh, this SEL and uh, and and his concern that school libraries are full of pornographic materials. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of an extension. If you remember some of the push uh, prior to the 2022 gubernatorial primary, in a lot of uh, conservative Facebook groups and Telegram channels, you saw a lot of folks. Uh, trying to get really excited about uh, a handful of books that are in school libraries that might deal with mature topics. Uh, and some uh, people were very uncomfortable with some of the imagery. Uh, it, it, you know, Matt Ennis, uh, conservative yep. who ran for the Senate, uh, often talked about that. Uh, th- there are a number of people who find materi- these materials uh, objectionable, but there are also a lot of librarians and civil rights uh, organizations that push back and say they're pretty important to have access to for, you know, LGBTQ youth who are exploring things that they maybe can't talk about at home. So it's a it's a complicated topic. Well, and I I remember some of the pushback uh, that Renee Jones uh, expressed with Mr. Penner was, hey, how about supporting our education system and supporting our teachers? Uh, Because like a lot of uh, professions, it's more and more difficult to find good, qualified people to fill these jobs. And how are we going to continue to build the, uh, the profession if this is what they're met with? So, Yeah, I mean, well, and I think a lot of people conflate 
what's in school libraries with assigned books or books that are read by teachers or mm-hmm. librarians. And, and I think they maybe don't understand. There is a process in place at most school districts. We heard it even during that hearing for parents to object to a book being read in class, for parents to object to a book being read uh, are being included at a library. Um, but but a lot of parents don't know that process and maybe don't know what it would take to get it removed. And, and sometimes it's not that it would be removed. It's just that their kid wouldn't be allowed to check it out. And, and you know, setting that line between access to information and, and freedom is not an easy line. No, no, it's not at all. Well, Aaron, uh, thanks so much. Uh, as you know, this always goes so fast. And one of these days, we'll get you down here to Lincoln, get you in studio. And uh, I even have swag. I have stickers now. Oh, we got to get that done. That'll be some fun. I just want to know, are you still bringing the beer from your old style? Oh, you darn right. We do. We do that on Fridays now. So every Friday, okay. the Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin. We drink and yeah. tell stories and listen to music. <laughs> well, you let me you let me know when there's a good one, and I'll, I'll try to make sure I'm ready. That's great. Aaron Sandiford, thank you, my friend. Uh, NebraskaExaminer.com. Uh, Go read his work. Uh, we'll be back after the news here on 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Remember, if you miss any of the live uh, uh, version, you can always catch us on demand on your favorite podcast platform uh, or just go to KLIN.com. Uh, well, my thanks to Aaron Sandiford, a political reporter with the Nebraska Examiner, for joining me in the first half of the show. And uh, you can catch Aaron's work uh, and all the reporters over at Nebraska Examiner. Just go to NebraskaExaminer.com. Uh, As I've mentioned before, you know, every Monday we feature stories from uh, Flatwater Free Press, uh, which is Nebraska's very first uh a nonprofit newsroom, and uh, shortly after they formed, uh, here uh, came along a Nebraska Examiner, same model, uh, which I really think is going to save journalism in this country and in, in our state because uh, it's a it's a model that's working around the country instead of subscriptions and and readers paying for the uh, privilege of reading uh, their work. Uh, they get donations. They get donations from grants from uh, nonprofits uh, and, and uh, around the country and around the state, and and they give their work away. Uh, so anyway, read Aaron's work at NebraskaExaminer.com. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, we'll feature our Lincoln Business Roundtable, as we do every Thursday, uh, and we'll feature Jeff Mall, Executive Director of Visit Lincoln. 
uh, in the first half of the show. And in the second half of the show, Mr. Matt Anderson uh, from Branched Oak Observatory will join us. And, uh, yeah, please join us on our Twitter and Facebook pages of the Dan Parsons Show. We, uh, uh, we like carrying on the conversation uh, after hours. Uh, catch me uh, at dinner time and see what's, uh, what's for dinner and uh, uh, what's going on after the hour. So, um, well, I am pleased to welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show live in studio uh, our very own Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad. Senator, welcome back. Hi, Dan. Well, welcome back to you. Welcome home after an incredible journey and well-deserved R&R. As you've been launching the show, but it's always a pleasure to come back here and visit with our Lincoln neighbors on KLIN and see Johnny and uh, check in and talk about the issues of the day. Yeah, well, it's always a delight, Senator, and uh, I did. I wanted to have you on. Well, first of all, let's catch up. You look tanned and rested, too. (laughs) Well, I'm a true Leo, so I love to be outside, but we've been fishing and going to the pool and swimming and mowing the lawn and all of those kinds of things, so... Feels really, really good to get out and and get some sun. Last time you were here, you came straight from the pool. That's to come right. The show. Good did. memory. Yeah, that's good, Johnny. Yeah. Well, and and speaking of fishing, uh, so yeah, I I had to be a little careful. You know, I I don't go gallivanting around the world very often. I told mm-hmm. people, you know, I'd save money and uh, was able to do this trip, but uh, I actually fly fished in Ireland. Wow, yeah. that had to be magical. It, it really was. Didn't, oh my Didn't goodness. catch anything, but well, as I you know what. Tell people the worst day of fishing is better than any day of working. <laughs> That's exactly what I tell my kids. Any day fishing is a good day. Yeah, so yeah. we've been lucky enough to hit quite a few farm p- ponds out in Seward nice. County and, yeah. and have had quite a bit of luck. So well, it almost spoils them, though, when we go someplace else. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because they're not very well fished and there's always a good population. Uh, well, I have to, I'll have to tell you a story. <clears throat> my brother and I, when my brother lived here before he moved to Missouri, uh, we used to do uh, uh, fun farm pond fishing mm-hmm. uh by davy and yes, Valparaiso, a lot yes, of great ponds absolutely. over there i'll tell you a story of uh that i can't repeat on on air uh <laughs> about how we stumbled across a, a private pond and we didn't know it was a private pond we had Oops. wrong directions and we found out later whose pond it was and and so i uh I don't want to say that on the air, okay, but it's very, very entertaining. So anyway, <laughs> it, it sounds like there was no ill intent there. No, Dan. there wasn't, okay. and that's what right. we would tell people. The it's, statute of limitations may have it, run. It's you totally might be run. Okay. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, as we were chatting with Aaron, uh, and as Aaron said, uh, he thought uh, he thought he was going to get a little break from the nastiness and mm. the and the vitriol of the session that uh, that you guys wrapped up uh, uh, earlier this year, and lo and behold, the interim hearing was. Uh, full of fireworks and and some pretty heated discussions. Yeah, it really was. And, um, you know, before we jump into some of the substance, you know, one thing I think that's important for listeners to know is that the chair of the committee has a lot of discretion in terms of what interim studies to set for a hearing, how to structure the hearing. And I really appreciate my friend, Senator Merman, reaching out before he set the hearings just to try and make sure everybody who wanted to be there could be there. Um, So I I definitely want to give him credit for that. I appreciated that a great deal. 
One of his decisions, though, was to limit public testimony and have invited testimony only. And I know that really um, raised a lot of red flags for my constituents and other stakeholders that wanted to share their perspective on this viewpoint. But again, that is the chair's prerogative. It's just a, a little inside legislative baseball for you. You know that when we're in the regular session, Every single bill has to have a public hearing. Yep. When we're in the interim, the chair has a little bit more discretion to, to limit testimony. But I do think even though I respect the, the chair's decision to lead as he sees fit, that that definitely, I think, maybe um, caused a great deal of concern before we even got to the hearing and, and got folks, you know, kind of feeling pretty frustrated and concerned um, that they wouldn't be able to share their point of view. And uh, the Lincoln Journal Star actually editorialized about right. that prior to the hearing. And they wrote, uh, it certainly sends a mixed message that a study worried about improving dialogue isn't much interested in fostering it. Uh, it's also strange that retired educators would be invited, but no mention made of current educators. These studies could be positive and helpful, or they could, like much of the past legislative session itself, devolve into grandstanding and choir preaching. And that's kind of what happened. Well, when you curate a specific set of testifiers, as is the chair's prerogative, um, you know, I, I think that you're going to have a limited set of viewpoints available. Um, I do want to note that Senator Merman did take feedback and invited a member of the local NAACP chapter okay. to come testify. Okay. He did invite two current school board members, um, one from Central City and one from in the metro area. And, of course, our new commissioner of education was there as well. So in addition to um, some other testifiers that had a very specific agenda in terms of the information that they wanted the committee to know, I I do appreciate that Senator Merman did take that feedback to at least try and balance out with a few other um, folks that are on the front lines of education policy in Nebraska. And I think that was really important and instructive. Uh, We had a chance to check in, for example, with the new commissioner of the Department of Education, and he was very clear about what the top issues in Nebraska education are teacher shortage, accountability, test scores, resources, the same issues that we hear day in and day out before the Education Committee when we're in the regular session. So I was pleased that he elevated those issues. I'm hopeful that we'll continue to have a greater focus on those significant issues that impact all of our great public schools and teachers and kids and families across Nebraska. Um, And I appreciate that Senator Merman and some of the invited testifiers that he had come forward have some deep concerns about some other hot-button social issues. But even in dialogue with those other testifiers, I think we were able to establish that the key issues in education in Nebraska are teacher shortage, accountability, test scores, and resources. Even folks that I disagree with significantly on those those hot-button issues um, did concede that those 
um, issues really weren't at the top of the list for education issues in Nebraska. So, so we were able to, to maybe, uh, I, well, grab a little common ground there. I love, Senator, <laughs> that you always look at the issues, uh, in these situations from the glasses half full. I appreciate right. that. Visiting with Danielle Conrad, Lincoln State Senator, uh, who sits on the Education Committee and, uh, hearing that they had earlier this week, uh, that became a little bit contentious. Well, uh, we maybe have time before our break here, Senator, to get into this, but I want to talk about mm-hmm. uh, some of those hot button issues. And uh, Great. you know, um, and I, I know that uh, this this whole debate about uh, what social emotional learning uh, means, and and you, it's become a lightning rod amongst uh, conservatives who mm-hmm. say schools use it to promote uh, progressive ideas about race, gender, and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that a focus on students' well-being takes attention away from academics. So when we come back after the break, Senator, I want your um, perspective on that and your personal perspective on that because you're a mother and you have school kids. That's right. Thank you. We'll take this break and come back uh, here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Wednesday edition. We're so glad you could join us. Uh, remember, if you miss anything, if you missed our first half of the show with Aaron Sandiford, political reporter with Nebraska Examiner, you can uh, rewind on your favorite podcast platform and catch us there. And uh, and do follow us on the Facebook and the Twitter. We love to uh, uh, exchange ideas and uh you know, maybe some recipes and some fishing tips uh, after hours. Uh, well, uh, we're so delighted to be visiting with uh, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad, who sits on the Education Committee, and we're talking about uh, this uh, rather uh, tense uh, Education Committee hearing that was held a couple days ago over to Capitol, and we were talking about some of these terms that have become uh, kind of catchphrases for some of the conservative movement in, around the country. That's right. And and one of them is this S. E-L, social emotional learning. Uh, it's become a lightning rod among some conservatives who say that it's, um, you know, ruining our, our, our kids' minds and doing all kinds of things. But you had an interesting perspective, Senator, mm-hmm. because you're a mother. You have school, right. kids in the school system. So uh, explain that what you observed of this uh, system of SEL. Sure. And, you know, when these issues came up on the campaign trail, and they actually didn't bubble up that often. Folks want to talk about property taxes yeah. and yeah. resources sources for our schools and some other issues. Um, but when these issues popped up, I would usually um, share an experience that I have as a parent of two little kids at Lincoln Public Schools. And we love being part of the Riley Rams family there over here go. in North Lincoln. But um, I was really surprised when people started saying like, oh, this is a boogeyman, this social emotional learning. And I was like, gosh, what the heck is that? And so then I started, you know, asking folks at our school. And then I had a chance to actually see it many different times um, when we were over at school assemblies or um, classroom activities and things like that. And let me give you an example that I've had an opportunity to witness. So everybody's familiar with a school assembly and maybe it starts to get a little bit rowdy and folks are starting to escalate a little bit. And the vice principal or the principal will come in and they'll kind of clap and they'll ask everybody to take a deep breath and then they'll kind of put their finger up and they'll say, now blow out the birthday candle, take that breath in, now blow out the birthday candle, blow blow that air out. And you can just feel the energy change in the gym and everybody settles down and everybody's focused. 
that's a tactic of social emotional learning. It's about kindness and empathy and managing your emotions and developing resilience and emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Um, so that's really nothing to be scared of. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so did anybody suggest trying that at the committee? Hearing? I did. I did. <laughs> I, I said that this would actually uh, probably be a good lesson for all of us, and particularly when we're immersed in uh, hot button political issues. But, you know, in the course of that exchange, um, some of the testifiers who were concerned about that admitted that we have been utilizing these techniques in our schools for decades Mm -hmm. um, and that there really was no concern about that. Now, I don't pretend to speak for some of the testifiers who um, were concerned about these measures, but my takeaway is they seem to indicate that something has changed in the last few years that they're worried about. Now, the rub is this. They couldn't really distill what they were so concerned about. I asked multiple times for um, specific examples in Nebraska schools that they saw as problematic from a social-emotional learning perspective um, or any evidence that there was something inappropriate being taught to children. Yeah, because... If they're going to come and testify that's that right. these are problems, then I think they should have some examples. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and even if I haven't had an opportunity to see that with my own eyes at Lincoln Public Schools, I don't pretend to know what every sure. single school is sure. teaching across Nebraska or across the country. But when we have folks here that, you know, have really prioritized these issues, you would expect that there would be kind of a laundry list of um, kind of scary situations that they we're asking the state legislature to remedy. That was not the case. Unfortunately, I think it was a very specific hearing to advance a very specific divisive agenda. And, you know, again, that's part of the political it realm, is. and yep. I'm not a yep. newcomer yep. to yep. it. That's your first I'll, rodeo. That's right. But I'll tell you this, and I, I did have this exchange with um, at least one school board member from out in Central City. When We have state leaders utilize their social media, um, their advocacy in the halls of power, and um, when they, they are utilizing the platforms that they have to tear down teachers, librarians, and schools, it does a disservice to us all. And we have a teacher shortage. Exactly. We should be supporting teachers, not tearing them down. And if you look at some of the exit interviews or other data and statistics that are out there, of course, pay is always out there. But so is this really... Um, deliberate, intentional, nasty campaign to tear down teachers and schools. And, you know, that that is just so out of alignment with who we are in Nebraska. Well over 90% of our kids in Nebraska go to public schools. Um, I'm a proud public school product from kindergarten through law school. And we have so much pride in what happens in our schools. And Um, and you grew up in a home of educators. That's right. That's right. My mom's a retired elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. So these issues definitely hit close to home for me as well. Um, And of course, we have challenges in education, but we're not going to solve them by yelling each at each other about non-issues so uh, one of the th- one of the things that aaron mentions in his story and there's also an ap story by marjorie beck that uh, actually made it uh, on the ap wire i was reading oh, okay. it on, I hadn't uh, seen that yet. on the washington okay. post and uh, so one of the ends is to uh, senator merman and others on the committee mm-hmm. uh, to pass a parental rights bill uh, in the next session 
again, what is the need for that? What does that look like? And what uh, what's your perspective as a as a member of the education committee? Is that is that something that uh, the committee is going to well, it's already been introduced. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And it'll carry over to next year. So a couple of things, and I don't want to get too into the weeds on it, but I absolutely agree that parents should have a primary priority when it comes to directing their child's absolutely. education. Yeah. Um, these are fundamental family rights, fundamental parental rights. But here's the thing, Dan, Nebraska law already recognizes this, and we have for a long time. And if there is a subject that or a lesson at your school that you disagree with for religious purposes or family purposes or what have you, you can opt your kid out. That strikes the right balance between ensuring that students can receive the curriculum that's been well vetted, and then it provides an opt-out for students whose parents see that might not fit their values. So that that's how we strike the right balance. But we don't give other parents the right to veto my decision in regards to what my children are learning. Well, in this, again, using the example of... uh uh, of text, but not textbooks, mm-hmm. but books and libraries, and mm-hmm. and uh, again, it's yes. Parents ultimately have the, the proper authority right. to to police that, to 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 control what their children uh, bring home or read. Uh, but boy, it's it's just gotten out of hand. That you know, we're. We're, we're, it's gotten out of hand. It has gotten out of hand. And I think that we're kind of missing some common sense in this conversation. So no one's forced to read a library book, number one, right? And if that book isn't right for you, don't check it out. Mm-hmm. If your kid checks it out and it's not right for your family, have a conversation with your kid in the school about it. Don't start banning books. Don't inject big government censorship into these dialogues as solutions because that is not a solution and it raises serious legal risks for our schools and again it really puts on its head the right of other parents and students to pursue information and knowledge and you know the librarians that i know work really hard and um have a very arduous process for how books are selected for our library to ensure they meet community standards. So we need to really honor that and be thoughtful about that. And we need to recognize that these hot button social issues are meant to distract us. And we need to stay calm, take that deep breath and get back to the real issues like addressing teacher shortage, test scores, resources and accountability. Well, we've just and again, I mentioned this earlier with Aaron, you know, I come from a Republican Party background. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's we don't need to get into why, why maybe that's not so much the case. That's for me how anymore. we maybe first met. Though. That is exactly yes, how we absolutely. first met, Senator. But you know the the, the idea of local control. That's right. Uh, we've kind of set that. You know what happened to that. Uh, yeah, I saw presidential candidate Chris Christie make this very point when he was kind of poking at Governor DeSantis and saying, we've strayed so far from our conservative yeah, roots. Um, yeah. So it was a very interesting perspective, and that dialogue's happening in the uh, conservative movement as well. Thank you, Senator. And we're out. Thanks so much for listening on 1499.3 KLIN.